of No Ideas Original Sports. I'm here with Theo. We're here with Jamal Wise. He's with him, a trainer, a coach, now a college player, <laughs> many other hops or something. <laughs> How you doing, Jamal? I'm doing good. How you guys doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm good over here too as well. So, with all the stuff you're doing, man, tell us about some some of the stuff you've been doing. I mean, especially with this COVID stuff and just stuff in general. Uh, yeah, COVID stuff is a little rough, especially like getting into a gym and you know doing training like I do. Um, prior to it, like, uh, well, in March, I coached at Rosa Catholic. Also, we were literally like two or three games away from winning the state championship when everything shut down. Um, we were uh, about to play Wildwood Catholic for the state championship, and then if we would have won that, they would have went to the tournament champions. You have to win two more to win the state championship. So everything shut down kind of like that week before the game. And then after that, we really didn't do, I, I didn't really do too much until probably like the middle of the summer. And then I kind of like started getting back into the training. I was outside. And then um, recently we started getting back in the gym a little bit. Oh. That's good. That's good. I mean, I, I know, you know, because my son worked with you, some of the different types of players that you've trained and different work worked with. Tell us yeah. about the, some of the different players you worked with. Uh, I've worked with NBA players down to small children. Um, Isaiah Briscoe, Nas Reed, Xavier Mumford, um, just name a few. Um, we do a lot of, you know, I do a lot of training as far as like we work on shots, ball handling, um, different ways of finishing, different shots off the dribble. Um, I've been doing training for probably about like 10, 12 years. Oh, wow. So I watched, what's about, I watched, um, I watched Nasri because I got a chance to see him play my son twice get the chance to see him at LSU and got a chance to see him play in the league. And I mean, I mean, I've seen his skill sets advance all the way through that time and become, you know, just become a different player, man. Tell me, tell me how that came about. Uh, you know, we've been, I've been with Nas since his freshman year. We've, we've been working on a lot of different things and um, he's been picking up his work ethic every year, uh, especially with the college. Um, he changed his whole body around. Uh, he was like probably like 260, 270 going into college. And then after that summer, going into his uh, freshman year, he got down to like 240, 250. Uh, he looked like an entirely different player. So he has like a perfect skill set for the NBA now because he can handle the ball, shoot it. Um, very good passer, seven feet tall. So right now, that's kind of the way the NBA is moving towards all the big men able to be skilled and shoot and do all the other skills like wing guys do. I want to ask you, um, so far throughout your years of training so far, um, what skill set do you see that most players need improvement on? I would probably say the biggest thing would be shooting. Um, a lot of guys don't have the correct fundamentals with shooting and they also uh, aren't consistent with their shots. Um, Sometimes you can get by with certain things, but the higher levels you go up, the less time you have to shoot the ball. So like small flaws that you can get away with at certain levels, when you get to a higher level, you won't, you're not gonna be able to uh, make shots using the same, like same form. Do, do you train, do you, do you have a facility or do you travel to people's um, hometown to train them? Uh, a lot of time I use Rosa Catholic High School but um, I also travel. Okay. Not bad. Not bad at all. And so, listen, I seen seen some video and stuff. I was watching um watching um guys in the gym. What's in Briscoe and these guys? How's how's he making out this year? Because he definitely has like a tremendous skill set and always has. How's he doing? Um, he's very good. Isaiah is probably <laughs> one of the better guards I've you know I've had around. Um, right now, he's been working really hard. Um, he's trying to get back in the NBA this year. Um, pretty sure he's gonna get on with somebody. He's gonna go to camp. He hasn't decided what team yet. They're gonna wait till free agency starts and they get done with trades and stuff. See what teams need a point guard, or whatever. But he's gonna try to get back into the NBA this year. Well, that's great. What piqued your interest to be a trainer from the from the get go? 
I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. What piqued your interest to be a trainer for the first time you wanted to do it? What piqued, what piqued your interest to want to be a trainer? Um, I was just helping out uh, one of the kids that I know. Um, and I kind of enjoyed it. So I was pretty good at it. And then, you know, I've been in the gym a ton of hours. I watch a lot of film and I'm around other things. So I'm, I ended up getting really, really good at it. So that's kind of like how I really got into it. And I love basketball too. You know, I grew up playing and it's just right. something to keep me around basketball also. So tell us about your basketball career. Cause I know you, you played at a high level too. Uh, yeah. Well, I went to Rosa Catholic High School also. I played there. And then after that, I played at Seton Hall University. Nice. Nice. And how was that experience at Seton Hall? Yeah. Uh, Seton Hall was great. I mean, <laughs> I'll be honest, I didn't play a lot. But our star point guard, Andre Barrett, is probably the what, best, oh. second best point guard in the country. So, I mean, it was fun. I mean, we, you know, travel around playing Learned a lot of stuff from Coach Orr and right. the other players on our team. So, I mean, it was a great experience. Wow. And Coach Lewis Orr right now at Georgetown right now, right? Coach Lewis yeah. Orr with Pat Ewing. Uh, he's a first assistant at Georgetown. Right. Are you guys still in contact, keep in touch? Yes, I still talk to him. Um, he comes up to recruit sometimes. Like, uh, the high school I coach that we have a lot of high major players on it. So, um, okay. you know, he's up there uh, recruiting some of the players sometimes. Nice. So as a as a trainer and stuff, and you're working with these guys or something, who who have you found that was the the most difficult to work with? <laughs> most difficult to work with? Let's go with. I ain't gonna say anybody's name, but sometimes <laughs> kids think they know more than more than you do. So you okay. sometimes you gotta let them, you know, do what they do. Mm-hmm. But usually, once they do something, they see it's not working, and you telling them something that it does start working, they they'll kind of like tend to listen to you. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a staff for your for your um training program? Uh, right now it's just me. Okay. Yeah. But I was thinking about getting one because I want to start doing more as far as um having camps and stuff like that. So I'm right. Going to try to like put together a staff. I was going to do it more this year, but uh, the COVID happened, so we really of didn't course, get, yes. get to do the camps and stuff like I wanted to. So. Once everything kind of opens back up, I'm gonna try to like run like a summer camp or something like that. Uh, one more question: During your biggest days, what team you hate the most? Hate it the most? Well, at yeah. that time, go St. Georgetown, please. Nah, nah. I was gonna say at that time it was Rutgers. That was an in-state rival, so it was okay. Like, you know, we had the two games. That was when the old Big East, so we played them twice a year. It was, mm-hmm. You know, Rutgers, Seton Hall. It was like the crowds going at each other. We it was a lot of animosity between the teams and stuff. Right. Like, it's just one of them kind of like rivalry games. Nice. So, okay. So you you basically playing the, in the in the actual time when New York actually had good point point guards when you had yeah Barrett Cook and you had you had Barrett Cook and Brown. Yeah, yeah, it's leak. Yeah, there was a lot of lot of good point guards came out of New York then. Yeah, Andre Barrett, Leek, uh, Omar Cook. Uh, I don't know, it was just a lot of guards. Okay. Yeah. So this year, we as we come up this week, we coming along to the NBA draft, and we got like a lot of lot of different things going on. Not a lot of players we're saying got into these different training camps and these one on one workouts. You think you think that's gonna make a difference in like where some of these guys get drafted? Yeah, I do, because I mean, I mean, the evaluation is just off pretty much game tape from last year. And I know for a fact they've been doing a lot of Zoom interviews, but they haven't really had a chance to bring the players in and do the on-court stuff. And when they did the combine, it was all virtual. So the kids didn't actually get to play against each other. Um, so I kind of hurt the evaluations a little bit. So I think it's more for like the kids that have been there for a while or like the already on the radar or whatever. They also didn't have a tournament. Because usually there's a few, probably three, four kids that get hot during the tournament and kind of sneak into the draft that way. Like this year, you didn't have that uh, tournament, that name. They led a team in like the final four or something and also jumped on the radar, you know, draft board out of nowhere. Um, They really had it this year. So a little tough with that. But, you know, we'll see how the draft goes. It should be interesting, though. 
Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way as you because you figure there's always yeah there's always kids in a tournament who who step up and like will drive a team along and that that propels them into the draft. We didn't have that. You don't have the workouts and stuff. So I guess they're going by these different bodies bodies of work. As far as, as far as bringing kids in, I was I was reading something and some players are saying that they've seen specific teams or something and then they, like I think. Isn't there like a limit of visits that they can make this this year or something like that? Um, wait, as far as what for the NBA or for the NBA, I think you can only like visit X amount of teams, or teams can only have X amount of visits or something like that. Something crazy. Are you talking about for the uh, pre-draft? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not exactly sure if there's a certain limit to how many people you could bring in. I don't think there is though because. They're also evaluating free agents and they also bringing in, you know, usually in like a usual offseason, they bring in players they're interested in, they'll bring in free agents, so, you know, they'll bring in all different types of players. Sometimes it'll be individual, sometimes it'll be with groups where they're kind of playing against each other and they can kind of see who is better at that way or, you know, they use different tactics. Yeah. Also, another thing that I think might hurt too is even after the draft, they're not gonna have summer league either, because summer league is more for like the rookies and guys trying to get into the NBA. It's gonna be a little tougher now, because like the guys who were kind of like on that border of getting in the NBA or was in it and trying to get back in it, are gonna have that 10, 12 games in the summer with um all the GMs they're watching, you know, like the film playing in summer league. So like that, that I think will hurt also some of the players. Or even like the second round picks are like, you know, second round picks aren't guaranteed. So you got the second round picks, you got the undrafted free agents who, um, two of the guys that uh, trained with me, they um, ended up getting their way into the NBA last year, undrafted free agents. Um, Chris Silver with Miami Heat, uh, Nas Reed, he was undrafted with uh, Minnesota. And then they both had really good summer league and they signed him right there to um, three year deal. Yeah, I mean, both those guys contributed at different points last season, too, so that was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they both ended up good, in good situations. Uh, Minnesota kind of fits in with Nazi. They like to have their big man playing the perimeter, and that's kind of what Nazi does. Um, Chris, that was like the perfect team for him because he's a workhorse, always plays hard, defends, and all over the court. That's the Miami personality. It's, it's right in. Yeah. When I when I look at it this year with the the free agency, I'm I'm surprised that the way they're doing. The, I think free agency's happening before the draft this year, or around the same time, or something like uh, that. Uh, well, they're gonna start trades. I think trades can be finalized tomorrow, tomorrow. Monday. I think Monday, right? Um, I think the draft is Tuesday. Yeah. I think right? Is it Tuesday or Thursday? I'm not sure. I know the draft is this week. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be like the trades, the draft, and then right after the draft, the free agency, like the next day. So, I mean, their whole offseason condensed and quick. It's literally like 78 days or something like that 78, 80 days between the finals and the next season. So, it's kind of rough because usually GMs have a lot more time to do evaluations and get stuff right and look around with the money and you know what I mean? Like, Right. Evaluate the team and see what they need. Now it's all kind of rushed this year. So. Yeah. So some of these some of these top kids in the draft. I mean, I watch some of that stuff, but I mean, some of them seem impressive. Some of them I don't know how to fit. Like, oh, what's are you really high on Anthony Edwards, the kid from Georgia? Anthony Edwards is actually very very good. Okay. Um, I went down <laughs> to the All American game with Khalil Whitney, and okay. uh, he he's very impressive. Like. Anthony Edwards is very impressive. He can do a little bit of everything, and he's athletic. Put the ball in the basket. He can shoot it. Um, he can defend. I, I like Anthony Edwards. I mean, it was some bad reports about something, a workout or something he had. But yeah, I read that personally, from, from what I've seen, I think he's going to be a very good player. I think he'd probably be like a borderline all all star or whatever, like borderline kind of star. Nice. I agree with you. I like it with myself personally. I mean, I read the same draft you read about. You guys a pole workout or self-out workout. Right. So Dwayne, so, so Dwayne Wade had a self-out workout. And probably still drafted him, so. Yeah. I mean, uh, listen, if you like somebody, drop the kid. 
You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of all errors. It reminds me of Dwayne Wade. You know what I mean? Like the athlete. And yeah. I think he's a little bit better shooter as far as like from distance. Like coming right. into the league. But like, I, he kind of reminds me of that. You know, he's all over the court. He plays hard. Or he finishes at the basket. Yeah. Like, right. I think he's NBA a ready. player. Definitely NBA ready. Yeah. yeah. So what do you guys think of LaMelo Ball? I mean, I think he can do a lot. I just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of not sure what team he would fit into well with. I think the kid is good. Like he's he's grown. He's about like six eight, six nine, point guard. He's played with grown men for the last like two three years. He's been a professional and he's played at a high level as a professional. Like I think he's gonna be fine in the NBA. Um, to me, he got more of a free skill set. Like his he has that more creativity than his brother. You know, and yeah. um, he got a little flair with his game. He got that kind of like it factor with him. I think yeah. he's going to have a good career. Yeah, I, I think he will. I like to see somebody like the Knicks slip up there to get to get him or something. I, I think that's going to be hard, though, but it would be nice to see that. Yeah. Do you think he fits in Minnesota? I mean, he, I think he, he could. Yeah. Because uh, they have uh, uh, Elo, right? Uh, yeah, Dylan yeah, Russell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, Russell could play the one or the two, and uh, LaMelo, he can also play the one or the two. So, I mean, he could fit in either way. Because they can, you know, either one can run point, one can play the two. They both can score. I think it, I think you'd be fine in Minnesota. Yeah. You think Golden State's going to keep that second pick and take somebody like Wiseman or something like that? Or they might try to trade out of that? I mean, if I'm the Warriors, I would. Because... Their small ball used to work because they threw Draymond Green at the five and they would have Iguodala also who was like 6'8", six, 6'7". Six, you know, like, not 6'8", six, we were like 6'7", six, 6'6". Six, six. And then Draymond Green could guard big guys, but then on the other end, he made it hard for the big guys to guard him. Last year, the Lakers played small ball with big guys. So like, they can match up with you small and throw Anthony Davis who was seven feet tall at the center. And he's a legit three, you know, he like a three or four. Yeah. He can put it on the floor, he can shoot it, he can move. And then they also had uh, Morris, 6'10", LeBron, 6'9", Kuzma, 6'10". Even Caldwell Pope and Danny Green, 6'6". So, like, they can play small ball with big guys. I think for the Warriors to compete with the Lakers now, they would need a, a bigger guy who could play like that. I think Wiseman could do that. Because, like, I've seen Wiseman play. He, like, is more of a finesse big. He doesn't really bang. He likes to play on the wing and face up and... He can shoot the ball pretty well. He puts him a four decent, you know, and he can move. He legit like seven foot, seven one. I think that would fit for them because that's what they need. They need a guy, if they can get like a Giannis or something like that, like if they can get a big guy that can play on the wing and play like that small ball kind of player, then they that would help them compete with like the Lakers or whatever. I just think right now they would be too small to play, you know, to beat them in like a series. I don't think they would be big enough to play them. Yeah, I, I What do you think about a guy like Obi Toppin? I mean, he he's a four-year player. I was saying stayed the full time or something. Last year had a great year. The year before he did fairly well. But sometimes it seems like to me they almost counted against players for staying in school. Or something. It seems, it seems like it hurts them in the draft as opposed to coming out. So do, yeah, you I don't understand that. that. If they they draft they'd rather draft on potential. Personally, I think Obi Toppin is going to be a very good player, too. Like, he's solid. Uh, he plays hard. I mean, there's certain limitations he has, but I think he can definitely be a, a starter, NBA starter. You know what I mean? I, I think he's going to be, like, an all-star kind of player. Nah, I don't think so. But I think he's going to be a very good player in NBA. Like, I think he's going to be probably, like, a good rotational player. Like, uh, be a rotational player on a, good, on a winning team. Yeah. <laughs> He reminds me a little bit, little bit of uh, Mario Stoudemire a little bit as far as getting far style of play. Right. As far as being explosive a little bit. I won't, I won't say he'd be, be at that level, but as far as the way he looks and style of play, he can shoot a jump shot, maybe three, a little mm-hmm. bit of a three-point range. I'll compare it to like about Paul Mann's uh, Mario, though. Yeah, he's not very that, explosive. Not that Mario level, so to speak. Yeah, he's very explosive. He gets off the floor. Mm-hmm. Right now, they got the, um, the big man from USC possibly going to Charlotte at three. I mean, I, I, that is, I guess, the wave of the future, the, the 6'9", 6'10", center or something, little, you know, a little better movement than four. But 
I mean, at three, you think that's um, I think uh, on Yeka on Me personally, I think that's too high for him. Yeah, that might be a stretch at three, right? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't seen him play a lot. But just from the film or stuff that I've seen of him, like I think three is kind of reaching for it. Um, I don't know, cause I, I mean, I think the Hornets need more. You know, like they need a like legit big guy. <laughs> cause you got um, uh, the lefty, uh, um, Bridges, uh, big strong dude from Michigan State. Uh, um, Miles Bridges, Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges. We played them in high school. Um, they came out here. He was at under um, prep. That kid's good. I mean, he's strong, yeah. athlete, gets off the floor, can shoot it. You got uh, Terry Rozier, you got Monk. So they got a good backcourt. Front court, I think they need a little bit more than, you know, like, I would think they probably need some, something else. I think I think they should take uh, Edwards for the backcourt. Best player on the board. Between him and uh, Graham, man, I like that a lot. If, you know, it's, if he's available, they might. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna be there. I think that I think that him and Ball might be one and two. Yeah, you think, that's you think what the Warriors? I mean, he you think the gonna take? You think the gonna take uh, Anthony Edwards? I think I think for, nah, for wow. the purpose to trade, maybe if they if they get a good deal, I think another team might want Edwards more than they might want okay. like Wiseman or something like that. I'm thinking oh, that Edwards might go go one though. Yeah, I mean. Edwards can't I mean go one. I can see him going one. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that too. I can see that too as well. But if he stay at three with Charlotte, I think Charlotte should take him. Have a nice, nice, nice back call for the future with him and, uh, and Graham. Well, yeah, if he's there, I would take him. You know, like, oh, I yeah. like him. I, I like Edwards a lot. So, like, I mean, if he's there, I would take him. I just yeah, don't those think he's two, Yeah, those two are bridges and nice, nice one, two, three uh, uh, combo right there, to say, or trio right there, I should say. Yeah. That's true. Then I then I think as you go through the draft, you got a couple of guys that like a similar. I mean, you got um, Patrick Williams and Isaac Okoro. Isaac Okoro is very good too. He's young. Uh, he's from Atlanta. He's solid. Like, he's solid. He's gonna play hard. Uh, Coach of Auburn, Bruce Pearl loves him. Uh, yeah, like he, he's a good player though. I think he's kind of like a better Draymond Green kind of like that. Like. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's the person. Then we get down to the next. I, I like this guy. I think he's pretty good. Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State. Uh, he's all right. To be honest, I haven't really seen a lot of him. I haven't really seen a lot. So I, I'll be honest, I can't really give you a good opinion about him. Yeah, uh, I just heard people talking about him. I haven't really seen. He about, he about six three, six four for Iowa State? Mm-hmm. He's He's um he's he's six four. Well, you know how that is. He's six five, probably with shoes on. But yeah. in real life, he's six two, six three. But the Knicks, the Knicks don't have good luck with picking point guards and stuff. You know, I mean, I don't know. For, I mean, they think about it. They got they got Neil Kilo on there. They still have um Dennis Smith Jr. You're gonna bring in Halliburton. You got Alfred Payton. I mean, the Knicks need everything. They need, a right. they need a four, they need a solid five, like, <laughs> they need everything. I mean, they got the, they got the other guy from Israel, I don't know a lot about him, Denny, Denny Adavaja or something like that. Yeah, oh Tel Aviv. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess, I guess he's the, he's the next, the next guy from overseas that we should be looking out for. I mean, some of those, some of those guys pan out, but I think. Some of them take a lot longer than what what people think. Not everybody's coming over here being on um, Porzingis or or turning into um. What, I, I don't know how I don't remember his name from Dallas. Um, yeah, but see the problem see. with the Knicks is they and this has been since probably since Patrick Ewing retired. <laughs> they don't have a no. I'm being serious. It's like what like ninety nine two thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the Knicks like they don't have a cultural identity like. You're just randomly taking players. Like, you don't know what's your thing. Like, if you look at Miami, what's their identity? Work hard. Everyone's yeah, over there. They work hard. They grind out. Lakers, veterans. You know what I mean? They work hard. Brian, you know, you got LeBron. You got the guys who are out here trying to win the ring. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at the Knicks, you be like, what are they doing? It's like, you have no idea. They're going young and they're getting veterans. Like, it's like they just randomly pull players from here, there, here, there. Like, they have no identity. They have no leader. They, 
that they gotta get a get some players that's gonna be start a culture there. Right. And then from there, you can draft your players and pick your players up to fit your culture. And that's how you get winning basketball. Like the Warriors, move the ball, ball movement. They had guys that would share the rock and everybody could shoot. That was their identity. They went and got KD. They got the free agents they picked up. Even Sean Livingston, he makes a mid-range shot. You know what I'm saying? Like they picked, right. they got people to fit into their system. Yeah, like the Kings, they have no identity, they have no system, there's no culture, they just play. So like, no matter what name you pick, if you look the last 20 years, no matter what names they put on there, it's always been the same thing. Like, it's just aimlessly out here just playing. And then you'd be like, oh, they're supposed to be better, but it's like, why? You know what I'm saying? Like, when you have Melo, the only time that they were good was when you had a good point guard and was a leader with Jason Kidd. Yeah, Jason yeah. Kidd and Wallace, they were the leaders. And instead of like bringing in players to put around Melo and build like that, they just wanted Melo to change his game. I yeah. like, it never made yeah. sense to me. Like, why don't you help Melo by bringing in the, the, the players he needs to win? Like, get him a leader, a point guard that can lead and something like that. You know what I mean? Get him the stuff, the pieces around him instead of just putting random pieces with him and saying, this is how we should play and you got to change your game. It really never makes sense. The, the crazy thing about the Knicks, too, is that a lot of those players that they brought in became better players when they left. Mm-hmm. Like, the Knicks had, the had players. They yeah, they had players that people didn't realize. Like, Trevor Ariza was on the Knicks. The Knicks drafted Trevor Ariza. Yeah. Never really got a shot. So that, there's a whole, like, who's who a list of players who played for the Knicks who, when they left the Knicks, became better players. But look, also look at the teams they went to. He went to the Lakers. You had Kobe. They had a culture. Yeah. He did yeah. a role. He went to whatever other teams he went to. He, where he played his role? Defense. He defended, ran the floor, made jump shots. Yeah. The Knicks they had no culture. So it was like he's just out there playing. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's not like you go there, you have a role. With the Knicks, you're just playing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you don't really get to see the best out of them. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. I mean, I know one thing. I hope the Knicks don't take a shot on the, another, another, the other French point guard. Because <laughs> they got near the kid, they got the other guy, Killian Hayes, coming out. And I'm hoping they don't they don't make that, that move again. I mean, I was looking at this thing, too, where the Spurs, they're looking to make, like, major moves or something, maybe get rid of the Rosen. I heard the Marcus Aldridge is up there, and they're looking to get picks and Kuzma and all this other stuff. I mean, they have an identity. They they usually like they move the ball around and they got culture there. But mm. you think it's time for them to blow it up? Maybe start over. They that kind of what they've been doing. I mean, if you look at the players, like the best players are young. Yeah. Um, Murray. Um, forgot the other kid, the other guard. Um, but a lot of those players are young. So I mean, if you go and trade Aldridge and come back with another young guy. Now you can build off of that. Have uh, Murray, um, I forgot the other kid's name, and then yeah, have him guy. And then you run that system with them and try to get it going like you had with Ginobili and Parker and Duncan. You know what I'm saying? Like, they have a couple pieces where it's not like it would be a complete rebuild. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they yeah. just throw in a couple other young guys or something, like, they could be like a year or two off, you know, like, where they can actually compete. And, like, even this year, they was only like, a couple games out the playoffs, they were like right there competing at the end of the year. They were probably like a game out or something, two games out. They was right there in that um the last couple games for the um that ninth seed to get in the bubble. You know, like the the ninth seed for the playoffs. Right. <clears throat> they were right there, so it's not like they were like one of the last play teams or anything. So I don't yeah. think they're too off. Yeah, they had. I think you're talking about Derek White. Derek right. White. Yeah. Right. And I think um, Lonnie Walker's not too bad either. Yeah. Nah, he's from uh, Jersey too. Yeah, Lonnie's pretty good. I like Lonnie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from either Jersey, New York, right? Like, uh... Yeah, he's... Yeah, I remember seeing him. I actually see... I was... That was surprising to me. I actually went to that Jordan Brand Classic and Lonnie was actually the MVP of the Jordan Brand Classic. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah he, he was. Yeah. Now you can play though. Yeah. Then you got you got um 
let's say we got the Kings again drafting players like you know like you said they don't have a culture but they're looking at like taking Sadiq Bay from Villanova possibly mm-hmm. but I couldn't even see where he would fit in there I mean don't they have Harrison Barnes they're still trying to re-sign Bogdanovich so Wait, I'm sorry for who the uh, Bucks the Kings <laughs> that's the whole thing is like what are we looking for <laughs> no I'm saying like as the Kings like what kind of player are you looking for because like they're having trouble trouble with Buddy Hill as far as personality wise him and the coaches clashing so it's like I don't even know what kind of direction they're gonna go in yeah that I mean uh, Buddy Hill it would have been smart of them not to make that public because it makes it a lot harder to trade them Exactly. And what was the value when you start getting out there and you guys were like, let's say basically arguing in the media. I think Buddy Hill, listen, they, they, I think they basically said they sat him down because he wasn't his defense. So they had him coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. I mean, somebody like, didn't they, they I think they just gave him a, a, a big deal too. Right. Yeah, they sure did. did. They just gave him a lot of money. But the good thing though, like when you get in Villanova guys, you know they well coached, fundamental, like they go and play hard. Like Jay Wright got their system going. And that's why I go back to culture. Villanova, you know what you're gonna get. If you get a Villanova player, you know what kind of player you're gonna get. Yeah. 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 If you look at it, all the players that they brought in the league, they all play hard. You, you know they fundamental, they're not gonna do nothing out of character. You know what I'm saying? So like you know yeah. what kind of player you're gonna get. Yeah, that's what Kings gotta start getting, like a culture going where they know what kind of guys they need to fill voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, if you look at all the good teams, they all have an identity. Bucks, defense. You know what I mean? Like all those teams have some type of identity. What they do? Yeah. Well said. Well said. Then we got a we got a couple of other guys. Like we got guys like Cole Anthony. I mean. I think he's kind of getting a role there. I've seen Cole Anthony play in high school. I've seen him play in the AAU circuit. I actually seen Cole Anthony play against my son when they were kids and stuff. I think sometimes people's desire to win becomes misplaced and it seems like maybe a negative thing. Maybe it manifests itself in a way that doesn't look good. But I think a lot of his stuff has a desire to win. And I think maybe he came back from North Carolina from the injury possibly too quick. I think so too. Cause I don't know what exactly happened in North Carolina. Cause like Cole Anthony, I've seen a lot of since like he was freshman <laughs> high school. Like the kid can play, you know what I mean? And like it's not like he was just beating up on high school kids. Like he can like really play. The athletic, finish at the basket. He can shoot the ball. Got good vision. Can pass it. I think whoever drafts him will get a good player. And they're probably gonna get a steal because he's probably gonna go late first round, maybe second round. Yeah. He was kind of the best player, I thought, personally, as a freshman, personally, until he got hurt. We got hurt, lost every game just about, and we came back. He got, he got a little bit better, though, but for what I've seen his freshman year, he was he was great, man. Best team, best player team by far, without yeah, question. He, he great at the beginning, and then he got hurt, and then I didn't really see too much after that, because that was kind of like when our season started. So, right. Like, I didn't really watch too much of the college games, but, like, I mean, the kid can flat out play, you know? I've seen a lot of them. Yeah, I, I seen seen a lot of them. I think I think he just wants to win, and I think when he came back, he probably wasn't playing at full strength. And was and was I think, like you said, somebody's going somebody's gonna get a really good player a lot later than possibly they they could have because before this happened, he was he was easily a lottery pick. They had him like at the top top ten easy before all of this stuff happened in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I mean, he and him coming out of high school. He probably have been a top five pick if they had just let him come oh, out. Easy. Right. Oh, yeah. easy. He got MVP at All-American game that year. Right. Yeah. That was the same with Anthony. Last year, it was Anthony Edwards, him, Wiseman, uh, Khalil Whitney. That was that All-Star game in Atlanta like two years ago. Like, yeah. can, can, can you see him dropping in the first round? The Knicks have a seventh pick? He could. I mean, I don't think they'll pick him like lottery, but I could see him like first, like late first round. Yeah. I don't, personally, I think he... Talent-wise, he should be toward the lottery type top 15 yeah. pick. Yeah. Right. But like, as far as what he did at North Carolina, you know, from what everyone's saying, I didn't really see too much of the second half of the year. But like, you know, everyone's saying his stock kind of dropped as far as like getting drafted. So, I mean, but talent-wise, mm-hmm. I think he's a top 15 player. If he's there late in first round, I think uh, New York should pick him up. Yeah, sure, he's back home. Um, you know, I think that, that definitely be a good pick. Right. 
yeah. give the fans something, you know what I mean, something to look forward to. Right. It's been, right. been tough being a Knicks fan for a lot of New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. He a good pedigree. His dad got good pedigree, too. You know, he knows the game, so. Yeah. He's there late in the first round, man. Hopefully, we, we could take him up. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We got another local guy. Listen, he actually went to school away, but he's from, from New York. Precious Achua. Well, I think oh, yeah, he got the Benedict. Um, yeah. He's good. Uh, he's solid. He's about like 6'9". Big kid. We played against him a couple times. Like he, He's solid. Got good weight on him. He's athletic. Um, he can finish. Very very good mid-range shot. Three is mm. pretty good. It's not bad. But he's yeah, solid. I, I think, think he'll he be a first round pick. He, hmm? he benefited a lot by Wiseman leaving. Oh, getting, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He definitely got the ball a lot more than uh, he would have if Wiseman was still there. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Now he could play though. He's solid. He's gonna be a first round pick. What do you think of um Tyrese Maxey? Because I know going I know in AU he was he was a rising star, but I know when he got to Kentucky, I didn't think he would be that good. I I knew he could play, but I didn't know he was gonna be that good. Now Tyrese could play, man. It was uh uh Khalil Whitney's roommate, um, you know, one of the guys I trained or whatever. So I watched okay. a lot of Kentucky stuff. Now he's solid. He can shoot the ball. He's athletic. He plays hard. He's all over the floor. Um, little undersized for the two because he's about like six three, six four. But like, he's a very good player though. He'll put the ball in the basket. Mm. Kind of reminds me of a uh, not a mm, little bit like Murray, but not as good of a shooter as Murray. Yeah. Like coming out of school, I'm just saying Murray coming out of school. Like right now, Murray's like on another level right now. Right. But like coming yeah. coming out of Kentucky right now. Like I think Murray had a better shot, but I think they're kind of like similar, like style wise, kind of similar players. Maybe if you go trade down, might pick him. Never know. Never know. Yeah, you never know. So. We had Lamelo Ball go play overseas, and you had RJ Hampton play overseas too. I, you think RJ benefited RJ Hampton playing overseas, or how do you think that'll help him in the draft? Mm. Uh, so I mean, it kind of benefits as far as you have to have the professional mindset. Like you kind of learn, like you're not playing with kids anymore. You're playing with grown men and. They're out here trying to provide for their family and they're nobody <laughs> out here trying to be friends. Like they trying to make this money. Like you might get the ball, you might not. You know what I mean? So like I mean that's kinda out of out of the area. You can't really see too many of the games. I don't know how much he was getting the ball. Um I know when um uh uh lefty point guard played for the Bucks, uh from California. Uh, he was in the NBA for a while. Uh, Not Brandon Jennings. Yeah, Jennings? Brandon Jennings. Yeah. He hated being overseas because they wouldn't give him the ball as much. You know, like he didn't really get to play his game because they were looking at him like he a kid and he's a grown man. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> why is this kid over here trying to take my money away? Like, so I mean, I don't know how much of that happened when he was there. So I don't know about how much he actually got to develop and play over there. So, I mean, it could have been good, but it might not have been. Like, Ball, he had the ball in his hands. He was a point guard, and he wasn't on, like, the top level. You know what I mean? Like, when yeah. he first went over there, he played in, like, one of them, like, weird countries. Where it wasn't, Australia, like, the top level. Uh, Australia. Yeah. No, no, no. He didn't go to Australia first. Remember, he okay. went to, um, I don't know, some country by Russia. Yeah, mm-hmm. where his dad was trying to right. get his other brother on it. Yeah. And that wasn't the top level over there. So, they... He got to kind of ease into it. So like they, he had the ball in his hands all the time. Mm. He did whatever he wanted. When he went to Australia, he was going as a professional already. So gotcha. it was a little more with like, I, I've seen him do this already against men. I, and he's a point guard. He came over there with his camera crew. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, with that, understand. that name and everything already. Hampton's going over there from, from high school. You know what I mean? So it was like a little bit different. A little different, right. Right, so I don't know how much they actually gave him the ball and let him play. So I don't know how much he actually got to develop on the court. But I know you kind of develop mentally as far as, like, this is a business. You know what I mean? So you kind of know, like, the business part of it. I've seen Mark Jazz have him going top 15, top 18 in the first round. 
Right. My God, that I've seen online. Okay. Yeah. You know who surprised me? It seems like I thought he was a little better, but it looks like he's going to, uh, he's teetering on the end of first round, maybe second round. Um, the center from Duke, Vernon Carey. Oh, I yeah, Vernon. Pretty, I thought he looked pretty good. He's pretty good. Um, he kind of, he's kind of like uh, the center of Bulls drafted. Um, yeah. Um, you know what I'm talking like, about. Uh, Wendell Carter? Yeah. Wendell Carter. Yeah. He kind of plays like that. You know, like big body, plays down low, like bruiser. Yeah. You know, he's not really like the guys that play now as far as like the bigs they look for now as far as like playing on the wing and that kind of stuff. But he's like an actual big man. Like he's going to get down on the block. He got a pretty good mid-range shot, but he's not going to stretch out and shoot a bunch of threes or nothing like that. Like, right. But he's solid. He's going to bang. I mean, you know it's got to be tough for some of these kids that are like high prospects coming into college and then leave, leaving school and stuff like that. I mean, like I give, um, remember Cassius Stanley? Yeah. He went He went to Duke. Uh, he looks like he might be a second round pick or something. Yeah, he's going to be late. Only thing with Cassius was he was kind of old to begin with. So he was, I think he was like 21 now. You know, yeah, I think he is. You're right. So, like, I mean, technically, he's a freshman, but he's really more like a junior. You know what I mean? So, it's <laughs> like, you're not really drafting one as much as potential as you had a 19-year-old that was over there. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's more like I'm drafting on what I saw him do. You know, like, he's an athlete, erratic shooting, decent <laughs> ball handling, all right defender. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> But it's not like you're looking at him like a 19-year-old, like, I two, three years from now, he grow into his body. Now, like, you know what I mean? It might be something different. He's already, like, 21, 22, and it's like, what he is is what he is, you know? Not to yeah. say that he can't get better, but it's like, that's what you're working with, you know what I mean? It's not like you have a, a lot of upside at that point. So. Yeah, that, you know what? That's true. Two to three yeah. years now from now, they're going to be looking for him to try to turn into his prime to get to where Yeah, you know what I mean? Like... So that's kind of why his stock kind of dropped because he's a little bit older. So. I mean, then you got other guys like um, Yudoka Azabuki from um, Kansas. I mean, I think he falls into what you were saying. I, I don't think he's the type of big man that the league is really going towards anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's I feel bad for them guys because it's kind of like you never know if it's going to go back to that. But right now, it's like everyone looking for that big guy who can be like a Przingis or like someone like that. The Marcus Cousins, where they can play out on the wing and play in space. And everything in NBA is pick and roll now. So you got to be able to switch and guard a guard. You know what I mean? Like, you got to be a big guy that can move. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, I'm sorry, fellas. You guys ever seen Isaiah Stewart play for Washington? I was just about to talk yeah. about it from Washington. Okay, Yo, I'm sorry. Yo, that dude is huge. I'm talking about weight wise. Oh he rebound. He's he's a grown man. Like yeah. when I was at the All American game, he was pushing Wiseman all over the place. <laughs> no, for real. Like he was putting that body on him. It was really like yeah. nothing he could do. He started shooting jump shots and stepped out. He stepped right out the post. Oh, that kid wow. rebounds. He can defend. A little undersized. He's about like six nine, but like. I think he'll be a solid role guy. You know what I mean? Like, he'll definitely going to rebound, definitely going to defend. I think he's hard. Huh? He plays hard. They say he plays hard. Very hard he plays. Oh, he plays very hard. Yeah. He's not going to give you a lot of points, but he can definitely defend and rebound. Mm Kind of like P.J. Tucker, but bigger. You know what I mean? Like. Okay. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, something like that, kind of. Then you got a couple of guys from, like, big-time programs that perform fairly well that, you know, you got, like, Trey Jones and Jordan Wall and stuff like that, that they might they might have decent NBA careers if they can, they can find, the, find the right team. That's the thing with the NBA. It's all about fit. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, you could be, if you get in the right fit, that could make your career. Just like when I was saying with Chris Silva, how he ended up with Miami. Perfect team. He had that same personality. Work hard, defend, move, run the floor. He could have got drafted or signed by a team where he would have just got buried and never got to play, you know? And you wouldn't even see him. He'd be out of the league in like a year, you know, being a G League or something. So it's all about fit. Even with um, uh, 
I can't think of my man with the Lakers. Uh, the white white kid uh, came from the Caruso. Team. Yeah, Caruso. Yep. A bunch of other teams, he'd be out the league. You know what I mean? But with the Lakers, now he's a championship point uh, point guard in the rotation. Six right. seven man. It's all you about. Know, I, I tried. I seen a lot of ball with uh, Trey Jones and Duke, and I really try to hate on him. And, and, uh, <laughs> But he, he, he turned me to a fan. I mean, like, the kid is consistent. Don't turn the ball over. Plays good defense. I don't think he's a great shooter, but he's maybe a, a good shot maker. I, I, I say a clutch maker at a certain time during the game. When he's a big basket, he makes the layup, makes the jump shot, makes, makes the quick pass. So uh, I turned into a Trey Jones fan. So if he's there late in the first round or second round, hopefully hope my team next will get him. For sure. I think he'll probably go in the second round. I think he'll probably go in the second round. Just from, yeah. from his size. You know, just because of his size. I think okay. he'll be like a second round pick. Yeah. We got he doesn't remind me like Tremont Waters. From oh, LSU yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think Tremont makes a little, you know, he's a better shooter. Yeah, you know, a little yeah. bit better shooter. But he kind of reminds me of that kind of like skill set. We got, so we got another local guy, Nick Richards. You, I know you faced him a lot of times, so yeah, you got a chance to see him. Yeah. Your, I mean, he, he's projecting as a second rounder. I mean, the last year when I seen him, it looked like one of his one of his best years in college. Last year, it looked like he really started to get a role on the team. The other, yeah. the, the first, the first two years, it seemed like they were trying to still figure out where he fits in. But last year, it looked like he kind of had a role on the team. Yeah, Nick, Nick can play, he's solid, he played hard, very athletic, gets off the floor, can run the floor. Um, finally got his little confidence, because his freshman year, sophomore year, he kind of, freshman year, he kind of had a lack of confidence. He was never, like, even in high school, he was never really an offensive player. Very good defender, with block shots, with rebound, ran the floor, but he never really had, like, post moves, like a finish around the basket like that, unless it was a dunk. And then freshman year at Kentucky, kind of struggled a little bit as far as, like, playing in the post as far as post moves and stuff like that. Sophomore year, they didn't really play him that much. And even last year, if the kid, they were trying to bring in a senior um, yeah. a grad transfer, and being that he, they didn't get him, he actually got to play, and then he finally got to show what he can do. But had they brought that grad transfer, and he probably would have been sitting on the bench again, he probably wouldn't even play. Yeah. So that's yeah. the whole thing would fit, you know what I mean? It's like, and a lot of times people aren't patient with kids anymore. So it's like, sometimes you gotta grow into your game. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, you know, you work and get to where you need to get to. But a lot of people don't want to wait on it. They want it, right. it's not like, you want you right now. And as soon as you come, you're supposed to jump in. But not, that's not the way everybody is. Sometimes it takes a little time to get into it, you know, get into what you can do. Right. I mean, they got another, another singing out there. I mean, he's, I think it's another case again of fit and style of play. You got Cassius Winston from Michigan State. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he remind he. I mean, he can definitely play, but he reminds me kind of like an older style point guard. Hey, he reminds me of a team, please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He reminds me of a team, please. And I, I mean, I guess that there is a role in the NBA, but the game is a little different now at the NBA level. So I, I think I mean, he, he got to get in the same thing with fit. Like, if he gets to, like, a Toronto or something like that, like a team where you're a workhorse kind of team and, you know, where it's, like, not about the stars. It's just, like, you got to get out here, just play a role. Everybody play kind of like how Van Vliet jumped on the scene. You know, but if it's, like, he can put on a team where you got to be out there and be the man and make stuff happen, I don't know if he got that kind of skill set where you're just going to go into the NBA and just make stuff happen like that. I like him a lot. I, though, honestly, bro. Hmm? I like him a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he'd be a good role player. I don't know if he like got that star with him. You know what I mean? We're like, right. you throw him on a team. We're like, I'm drafting him to be the man. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's that kind of player though. Yeah, I think Kenyatta hit it on the head when he said like a kind of like an old school kind of game. Because when I see him play, I think it's time to sell. Honestly, for some reason, when I see him play. I always think about Sanka Sell when I see him play at Michigan State. For some reason, that old school game, herky jerky. Yeah. Mid-range game for the free throw yeah, line. Yeah. So I see a play, I think it's Tango Cell all the time, man. All the time. Yeah. But the thing with the NBA now is they, they don't really like it. guys that shoot the mid-range for some reason. Right. right. Yeah, right. yeah. That's, and you know what's funny about that? The best players in the game are the guys who make the mid-range. Exactly. It's true. Because like when you try to get a shot 
like CJ McCallum or something like that. You got to get into that mid range and get a pull up. You're not going to be always getting yeah. to the basket. And you don't want to just sit back chucking threes. It's not a high percentage shot. So, I mean. Yeah, the NBA is chuck threes or force it to the basket and complain with the ref. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me run into the seven footer and fall down and then blame it on the seven footer. I mean, <laughs> you know, a lot of these guys, I mean, you got some guys that can finish over the top, but it's it's, it's, it's a smaller handful of those than it is the ones that actually go in there and can tussle with these big guys in the paint. So why not Why not beat the first guy, pull up and hit the shot, as opposed to running into the defense or something like that? Yeah, it makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, throughout the rest of the draft, you got like a whole scattering of guys who like either high, great high school players you or, you or great guys you hear about in AAU, like Josh Green, and and you got um the, diff, the different guys from Emmanuel Quigley and Ashton Higgins from Kentucky, and mm-hmm. I think I think these are guys again that's all fit guys too that <laughs> they got to right. find the right spot for. But that's the way the NBA is. Like it's all fit. <laughs> you end up on a like. That dude Nella Keenan with the Knicks. If he would have ended up like on the Spurs or something like that, where he could actually just play defense and whatever, I think he would have a better career than him being on the Knicks where they give him the ball and now I need someone to like make a play when that's not his game. You know what I'm saying? So like now everybody thinks he's a bust. Where like if he would have went to a team like Toronto or something like that, or even the Bucks, where he could have just played defense and played a role, you know what I mean? Get his little four or five points a game over here and play defense, play his role. You know what I mean? They might have looked at his career. When I, when I look at these guys that they're drafting, I look at like some of the younger guys that's getting drafted that are freshmen and stuff. And Jamal, I'm going to take it back to you. And I look at what I've seen Khalil do up close and personal. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I, I mean, I don't see any reason why he couldn't sneak into one of these, these positions or something. If they solely look at his body of work, or whatever, and, and not try to gauge it again on that Kentucky fit thing or something. I don't see a reason why he could sneak it in. I mean, he's definitely, I mean, he's I mean, definitely one of the top athletes in this draft. That's easily, you know, it's easily there. So, I mean, I, I mean, 19 years old, or about to just turned 20, like six, seven, seven foot wingspan, got like a 40 something vertical. I think someone will give him a shot, even if he doesn't get drafted. Yeah. He'll probably get like a two-way, get something like that. Just get a foot in the door. Uh, you know, I think he can defend, and he's been working really hard. His offensive game has gotten better. Um, and it goes back to his fit. I just didn't think it was a good fit with Kentucky. So it was kind of like they didn't really run stuff for him. So it was kind of like he was standing out by a three-point line, kind of like drifting around instead of using athleticism. And you know what I mean? Like he's a very good mid-range shooter. Yeah. Three-point shooting is, you know, pretty good, but it's not like where that should be a majority of your shots right now, you know? But he definitely has improved it since the season ended. He's been working hard since, like, March till now. He's still in the gym. He's been in Miami. Um, he was up here working out with me. He's been in Chicago. He's been all over the place working out, Cleveland. Uh, he looks really good right now. So, I mean, he's had a bunch of interviews with the team. So, I'm thinking somebody will give him a chance. That's great. I think what we're saying too is that Kentucky's a tough crowd because I know even um even Quade Green, <laughs> another oh, guy. Yeah, I love Quade, man. Quade was good. I'm, I've seen a lot of him since high school because we used to be at a lot of camps I was at, and I'm like, that kid is good. Like I didn't think Kentucky <laughs> was a fit for him either. Yeah, you see, he went on to Washington, so mm-hmm. I, I think Kentucky's a tough crowd for players. <laughs> Yeah, but I knew I knew he was gonna end up like over because Mike Hopkins when he was in Syracuse was recruiting him heavy, and then when Mike got the job out in Washington, I knew he kind of would bring him in. But like Quade is Quade is he's good. He can play. Like he is yeah. solid. Kind of yeah. like a like a Chris Paul kind of like he can floor general control the floor. He can score also. You know, like very heady, smart point guard. But he was never like that, like super athlete, play up and down fast. Yeah. You know, like right. that's yeah. more like the Kentucky point guards where they up and down and you know what I mean like yeah. try to score quick play fast like I don't know I just didn't think it was a good fit for Quade yeah I, I watched, watched a lot of him too like you said he seemed more like a, a floor general type of guy you know yeah he plays with like pace and stuff like that like he's not really like burner up and down like play crazy you know like frantic he's not that kind of player so I mean I, wa- I watched him playing like the EYBL and just like literally at times do things where he carry the team's 
carry the team just not only all offensively but the things he does so that, mm. that yeah, Kentucky again is, is a different type of animal <laughs> yeah like it's tough I mean I'm not saying anything wrong with Kentucky I mean it's a great yeah. program they got a ton of talent it's yeah. just, you know sometimes it's just fit you know sometimes the kids just don't fit in there you know yeah they they, they have a certain style of play but a great again, great is, program and that same thing as far as like some kids you may take a year or two at Kentucky that's not a school where like you can take time you know what I mean it's like you got to come in right off the rip because next year like this year they had Boston come in they had other wings and other guard you know what I mean like they yeah. got a top 10 they were the top class I think yeah so it's like if you get stuck there then you know what I mean not don't even know if you're gonna play next year you know what I mean? it's like that so yeah it was a little tough that definitely is. So, what do you, in the draft and free agency, you expect to see any surprises, or what would you say? What do you think you'll see this this week happen? Um, uh, you might see some surprises. Like I know the Clippers are looking to get a point guard, and then with the Lakers just trading for uh, Schroeder, that probably means Rondo's probably leaving. So I don't, I don't know if he's gonna end up in with the Clippers or where he's gonna end up, but. You definitely gonna see some movement. I know a lot of teams are just trying to get Giannis to leave the Bucks, and you never know. You might see like a big move somewhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing about the, um, the the crazy the crazy James Harden trade to Brooklyn. Yeah, they're talking about him going to Brooklyn. <laughs> I I mean, man, I don't know how that'll work though. There's only yeah. one ball. You got three ball down the play. Like I, I don't know how that'll work. Yeah, and they they gonna have to give up half the team from what he's been saying. You talking about Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie, Travis LeBert, with yeah. um, uh, somebody else, and draft picks and everything else. So they basically will be married to that team for the next three or four years. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and uh, and the problem with that too is the Nets were good because of the way they play together. It's ball moves and you know like. And then you add two ball dominant players, the players that were good playing with each other. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. I don't know if that's gonna fit or not. I guess I gotta see it. You know what I mean? Just to see if it how it fits yeah. together. I mean, they got D'Antonio as the, the the assistant coach. So <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's different being an assistant coach than being a head guy. Like you have a rookie head coach. So I mean, it's hard for rookie head coach as in general in the NBA. But then you got a rookie head coach with two perennial all-stars almost you know one definite hall of famer the other one might probably be a hall of famer at some point like it's, it's gonna be hard trying to coach them you know what i mean like they already setting their ways at this point like so, yeah, I, I, think, mean, I think steven Silas has got his hands full too <laughs> yeah westbrook and hard yeah so do you guys have any uh players in the draft that, that uh, everybody's sleeping on I, to me, Khalil Whitney. I think a lot of people are sleeping on him just because of what they saw with Kentucky. But like, you know, at that size, that length, and the way he can score, I, and the way he can defend also, I think he'll be a good player, especially in the league now, because he can defend multiple positions. He can defend from like the two to the four. So, I mean, you know, I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. Uh, people are sleeping on Cole Anthony. Um, people are sleeping on Nico Manning. Yeah, yes. too. You know, because I and again fit like Arizona. He went to Arizona. He pick and roll player in East space, and they had a couple big guys, so it wasn't really a lot of space on the court. Yeah, so he never really actually got to show what he does well at Arizona. So you know, like it was, you know, I think there's definitely some some players people are sleeping on. You, you know who I think will be right too. I don't know how it's gonna pan out in the league, but the league loves shooting the, the kid from Vanderbilt. I think his name is Aaron Naismith or something like that. That yeah, he was him. He's a, a really good shooter. It mm-hmm. seems like like if you can shoot really well, they'll find a spot for you somewhere. Right. That's true. All teams need shooting, especially yeah. right now. Kids can't shoot twenty some threes a game, so it's like definitely need somebody to put the ball in the basket. Step out of the kid by the name of Terrell Terry, like that, kind of like Trey Young, playing golf, six yeah. three. He could shoot like like an unlimited range. So, like Kenyatta said, if you could shoot, they'll find you a spot on the roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey. But again, guys, listen, it's great talking to you guys. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Jamal. 
Thank you, Theo. Yes. What's up, Thank you for having me. Anytime, man. We'd love to have you back sometime again. Yeah, enjoy myself, man. Thanks for the wisdom, yeah, man. Your evaluation, man. Listen, evaluation is on point, too, by the way, with these players, man. It was on point. Your evaluation, oh, yeah, man. Thanks. Spot on. Definitely yeah, spot on. Yeah. yeah. So, guys, we'll get a chance to see what happens this week. We'll check everybody out next week. And Jamal, definitely, we definitely want to have you on again. All right, sure. Man, I appreciate it, man. Just let me know. I'll come on. All, All right. right. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. All right. Enjoy. Enjoy. Good night.